0: The Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 109 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365 Pod. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes365. And you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82 you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook group, Baseball 365, where we have over 2,400 members talking about baseball every day. It feels like it was, I think, November December. We just crossed over the 2,000 mark, and we've had all kinds of new people joining the, these last few months as draft season has been approaching, and now we're in the middle of it. It seems like a lot of new people are finding the group. So if you found the group, glad you did. If you haven't done so yet, go check it out. The best way you can support our show is to go to iTunes. If you would go and leave us a five-star rating and write a review for us, it's a good way of helping us support the show and helping us get our names out there. If you did so, we're very appreciative. And as always, all of these plugs can be found in the show notes. On tonight's episode, Andrew and I are bringing you part three of the starting pitcher breakdown. We're going to be covering the rest of the starting pitchers outside of the top 200 in NFBC ADP. And let's get Andrew on. Andrew, our question of the day. we got spring training going now, and spring performances are frequently overreacted to. But sometimes there are things that happen in spring training that can open eyes. Is there any one or anything specifically that you're really focused on this spring for fantasy baseball reasons that could impact your feeling about a player going into the season?
1: Um, I would say that the two main things that I am interested in right now are any type of velocity readings for pitchers. If you can get them. I mean, I was watching a game the other day and, um it didn't have them but some of them i think have have had them that i've seen Uh, but any kind of information you can get on that and lineups like where guys are hitting in the lineup i just feel like you know it's it's obviously early i mean things that can are going to shift a little bit but if you're paying attention to box scores and uh watching it over and over day by day you're going to start to notice patterns and see where guys are hitting and i think that can Tell a little bit of the story of what could happen in the regular season. So, those two things for me, player wise specifically, none off the top of my head that I'm going to really strongly overreact to, I don't think. But I don't know. Ask me in a few weeks when somebody's hit like eight bombs and is batting 410, <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> you know, the guy who I think of that I really want to see play and see how he's doing is Cody Bellinger. Coming off of that big shoulder surgery, and he's. I know, start coming into this spring slow. I'd like to see what he does when he gets out there. See if he's driving the ball when he's out there. See if yeah. he looks like he's pain-free. But um, another guy that, like you mentioned, velocity readings, and I want to bring up, transition this into talking about Shohei Otani. I kind of glazed over him whenever we talked about pitchers on one of our – I don't remember if it was last episode or the one before – I said we were going to talk about him when we got to utility players, but I think with what's going on with him in camp, I want to ask you right now about him because he's. Uh, there were reports. I mean, I remember the very first bullpen, there were talks that he was only hitting 90 miles an hour. And then about four, three or four days later, he was doing a bullpen, and they said he was touching 98 to 100. And now just I think it was – like we're recording this on Friday night, and tonight or today, he threw his had his first outing where he went out and threw I think an inning in two thirds, struck out all five of the batters that he got out. He had some hits and walks in there. But touching ninety eight to hundred and striking out all five of his hitters. Is this changing your opinion on him at all in terms of pitching and going into drafts?
1: Uh, maybe a little bit. I don't, um, not too much though. No. I mean, I, I still feel like with him, it's just as you get through the grind of the season, it's going to be, um, kind of, you're always going to be kind of making that decision. Like, do I have to play him as a hitter? Do I play him as a pitcher? And you have to make that decision at the beginning of the week. So like in weekly leagues I'm speaking. Daily's totally different, obviously. Um I don't I don't feel like it changes my opinion too much. No. It's good to see. I mean, it's he's going last month, pick two forty. So I mean, I can't hate on it though. It's like one of those it's cheap enough. It's you know, he's cheaper than he's ever been. I, I can't hate on it. It's probably a guy that I'm not gonna draft, but um I mean I get it. It's He's definitely got upside.
0: You know, from a real life perspective, I love what he's doing. And as an owner in a daily dynasty league, I love what I'm hearing so far. And I want him to do great because he can do more for the angels than any player can do for any team in baseball, just because he can do both. But this may sound odd, but right now with him succeeding as a pitcher, if anything, it's actually making me downshift him a little even more. I think if there was a... Like, I was thinking about this earlier today. If there was a situation where he was really struggling as a pitcher, it might be going through my head right now. Maybe they'll do like last year and just scrap. Maybe he'll go out there, have some sort of injury or something, and they scrap it and just put him right back in as a DH. And if they did that, I think he's a top-100 player. Or borderline, I should say. Maybe, maybe, Maybe he's a DH going in the ranges of all those other DHs. But... As if he's pitching, I, I just I get why. I mean, there's definitely upside because if he manages to be a full time hitter again, he's a great value at 240. But I just really don't feel comfortable investing in a guy that is pitching once a week. And I don't expect him to be going deep into games when he's pitching. I just think they're going to be cautious with him. Yeah. And he's going five innings most of his starts. Sometimes maybe he'll get a sixth inning out of him. And then. Starting as a hitter three to four times, and I'm just not interested in it personally. I think he's really good at both, but I think he would be maddening to own in a weekly league. Now in a date, yeah, it, go ahead.
1: No, I'm sorry, to finish your. I was just gonna say it's it. It's also kind of one of those things. I, I know a couple of years ago, he was starting on Sundays, and then mm-hmm. it's like if it's later in the week, mm-hmm. and then they decide not to, and then they hit him. I mean, it depends on your format because if you can use, if you have some, if you're in a league where you can use him, you know, you get all of his stats or whatever, then it's totally different. Yes. But if you have to make that call on Monday morning, like, am I using him as a hitter this week or as a pitcher this week? And then you happen to use him as a pitcher and he gives up five earned, but he hits two homers during the week, and you don't get the credit. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It can turn into the ultimate headache. So, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things, he's different than everyone else, and I feel like it's always kind of messed with my mind a little bit, in more a bad way than a good way, and and I get the appeal, like I really do. I mean, he's exciting to watch, he's great for baseball, all that stuff, and like I said daily's totally different but if you if you pick the wrong week you know or you play him as a hitter and he goes 2 for 15 but goes out and throws five shutout innings or something you know it's like you have to make that call and if you don't get credit for both man that that would just be so maddening i feel like and i i just don't really want to deal with it but where he's being drafted i also don't think someone is crazy when they take him like when i when i see him go i basically think yeah, I wasn't going to draft him, but I get it.
0: Yep, I do agree with that. You know, I put it out there because I'm right now in the middle of an auction draft, and it's a weekly league. He well, he went for $5 in that league. Real cheap price, Steve Tripani. But I asked the guys after he was taken, how much would you spend in an auction league if it was daily on Shohei Otani? Well, I think one guy said they'd spend $40. <laughs> yeah. It's just so different whenever yeah, you're talking totally. about the two formats. Right, yeah. Okay, let's get into the pitchers now. Uh, we got pitchers after the top 55. If you didn't listen to the previous two episodes, the first one I think we talked through about pitchers 1 through 25, and then 26 through 55 in the second part of the starting pitcher format. And we're going to breeze through the rest of these guys and try to get all these in one show here. So – we we won't be going as depth in depth, but we'll talk about guys we like moving down here as we're talking about the back end starters in your top in, in these leagues where you're starting nine pitchers and reserve round guys. Uh, pitchers 56 through 64 here. Uh, these are all going between picks 200 and 220. We got Zach Eflin with the um, Phillies. We have Andrew Heaney, Corey Kluber, John Means. Tony Gonsolin, he's at 216 and a following ever since they brought Bauer in. Uh, Christian Javier, Jose Urquidy, I always struggle saying his name. Marcus Stroman and Jameson Tyon, now of the Yankees. Actually, Stroman now, well, actually, no, he was already with the Mets. Never mind that part. I was about to say they both went to New York. but Anyway, Andrew, the one guy I know on this list that you like is Corey Kluber. I think you've... Explained that before earlier in the off season, but for those who are listening now as we're getting into these position previews, why 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 the love for Kluber?
1: Well, I liked him. Uh, I liked him a little bit more when he was going a little bit lower. I feel like he he's definitely moved up over the course of the off season. I think in my first draft of the off season, I took him in like round seventeen, and now I've seen him going like round twelve. So I don't quite like it as much. That's a um, jump. Yeah, this, is, th- this number here is kind of splitting that because it's factoring in all the drafts. So, But he's going higher. I want to say 188 in the last – I think it was 188 in the last month. Um, but, no, it's, it's – I mean, I just – I think he's a good pitcher. I mean, he's had injury issues the last couple of years. Uh, last year was basically a lost season for him. But we know what he can be when he's on top of his game. And I feel like the main thing – Keeping him from that is health. Uh, It's one of those guys that I I don't feel like when he's out there, he's going. Like, he's going basically as long – they're going to ride him, you know, as much as they can. The Yankees need him. And, you know, he's not going to have any type of innings limit or anything like that other than what he can just handle. Now, obviously, he can break. I mean, any pitcher can, and he's broken plenty in the last couple of years. But it's just kind of in the spot where – you know, I can, I can squint and see a really good pitcher here and I feel like it's a good price, but I did like it a little bit more, uh, earlier in the off season. It's kind of getting to the point now where when he goes, I'm looking at him, but there are other people that are too. And I, I feel like before I was the, the only one kind of looking. So, um, when you sign with the Yankees, I guess that kind of comes with the territory
0: for sure. You know, his last full season pitching was twenty eighteen, and he had a two eighty nine ERA. He was ha- hovering around three or lower. Um, mo- the previous three f- three seasons for the last five seasons, whenever you go back to twenty eighteen, and I mean it's a limited sample. After that, he wasn't that good in a thirty five innings in twenty nineteen. But what kind of pitcher are you expecting him to be this year? Like, I know he definitely has the capability of still pitching at a high level, but Do you think like ace is still in there or are you thinking more like a solid number two, three is the upside at this point?
1: Um, I kind of, I kind of think of everything in ranges, like Mm -hmm. what's the best outcome. What's the worst outcome more so than I do like pegging an exact uh, spot. But I mean, I'd be, I'd be surprised if he was an ace, I don't think he's that. I don't think that's probably in there. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he was like a 2 or a 3. Is that your? Yeah, I agree with you.
0: I think a 2 or 3 is what I was expecting more, not an ace-level pitcher, but somebody who I think can be a decent pitcher that's really contributing. But, I, yeah, it's I, it's hard-pressed for me to think that he's going to return to being this ace, especially being in New York where – You know, you are pitching in in a tougher parks and division. I just think it's harder to really have that sub three ERA unless you are the elite of the elite, like a Garrett Cole was. Is um, what about
1: more more wins? Though
0: more wins—that's for sure. You know, is there anybody else?
1: I don't don't really, I don't really look at it as a bad thing. But
0: is there anybody else on this list that you like
1: of this group here? Um, I would say, I think the two that I could see um, taking a step forward, the most of these guys would be Heaney and Tyon, but I don't feel great about them. I mean, I don't feel great about it, I guess. They would probably be my other two that I would be looking at here. So, yeah, Ty- Tyon's, kind, Tyon's kind of similar to Kluber, really, I mean, in a lot of ways. I mean he never, it's never quite hit the peak that Kluber has, but I feel like we all have kind of felt it's in there or at least maybe not quite that level, but close. And, um, now it's funny. They're both on the Yankees. It's just <laughs> interesting. But, um, yeah, I think that they're really close. I've seen them go close to back, back to back in multiple drafts. I feel like so.
0: What's funny to say is I think I'd rather have Kluber of the two of them but I do think if both of them are healthy and pitching this year, I feel more safe with Tyon. I think he's a little safer. I think Kluber. I, I just feel like it, there's a chance that it could just all fall apart for him. I'm not, but Tyon, I don't feel that way. I feel like worst case with that guy, as long as he's back from Tommy John, I j- I think he's going to be a very solid pitcher who's probably. Pitching in the high threes, low fours, ERA type guy, while Kluber I think could be anywhere, better or lower. Um, and yeah, yeah he, a lot of
1: it, a lot of it with these guys is going to be volume too. You know, just like who's getting the innings and stuff. You know, like Gonsolin, for example. Uh, I mean, it, when he's pitching, I want him. I mean, you're, you you want to use him when he's when he's starting for the Dodgers, and I would say that about any of the Dodgers pitchers, but he's what is either SP7 at this yeah. point? or close, I mean, he's basically that, right? Because you got Big 3 and then Price, Urias May, Conselence. Are so, they
0: saying that he's going to start the year with the team or are they are is it more likely that he's in the minors? Because I know May's going to I think be a, it, si-
1: uh, in I the think it's possible that he's in the minors and it's I haven't heard officially, but um I mean, they might not even know yet, but Yeah, it's just tricky because you know you you take him here I mean obviously he's dropping some but it's like one of those things that you may not have him at the beginning and then depending on your rules and you know how big of a bench do you have can you hold a guy like that I mean I do think that when he's up in the majors pitching like I said you're going to want to use him basically every start I mean he's good and obviously the team's great but just kind of uh kind of tricky when you're on the back end of that like he is.
0: Yeah, over or under 40 innings pitched for by him as a starter.
1: I'd over that.
0: You would? I I yeah. don't know. I mean, they have to have two guys out of the rotation for that to happen. And the Dodgers are good at playing games with
1: guys and yeah, you know, they'll do it that. enough. Man. The tricky part though is when are they going to happen? Uh-huh. That's the trickiest part cuz you know if they don't happen till may or they don't happen till june or you know can you hold him then do you drop him pick him back up spend fab on him like how long can you just sit him on your bench
0: yeah i'm not touching it's him tricky. with leagues with adds and drops i'd rather just wait until and worry about it on fab
1: and or- then it also could be a thing where he's in the minors and on wednesday they say he's starting on Friday and you never, and you don't even get to use him. I mean, speaking weekly leagues, because that's pretty much what I play, but um, yeah, I just feel like there could be some frustration there, even though I I like him as a, as a pitcher.
0: Yep. And I agree. All right, let's go from 65 to 80. So these are the, basically the SP fives here. I mentioned Shohei Otani before, and I'm wrong. He's actually on this list. So I jumped the gun. I thought he was on the previous list. Um, 65 through 80. These guys are going between picks 222 and 287. We got Jordan Montgomery for the Yankees. Drew Smiley with the Braves. Eduardo Rodriguez. Michael Pineda. Then Shohei Otani. Nate Ivaldi, Brady Singer. Zach Davies. Sean Manea. Eliza Hernandez. Chris Sale. Ryan Yarbrough. James Paxton, Nate Pearson, Quang Hyung Kim with the Cardinals, and Michael Kopak finally at pitcher number 80 here. So, Andrew, pick a few names here that you'd take as a SP4 SP5.
1: I think I'd, I'd take a lot of these guys. I mean, a lot of it just depends on kind of who falls, certain tiers and stuff like that. Um. I have shares of, I think I have one share of Smiley and a couple shares of Yarbrough. I like Yarbrough a good bit. Um, obviously, in a quality starts league, I'd be worried about him because he's been, you know, comes in after the opener a lot and stuff. But I think he's pretty good and pretty safe for ratios, soft contact, and. Um, I just think he's a good pitcher. I like him. I trust him as like a four or five guy. You're going to use a lot and he's going to get, you know, he, when he comes in after the opener, he's basically the guy that's going to get the win a lot of the time, you know? So, um, yeah, I like Yarbrough definitely in this spot. I like Paxton really talented. I mean, it's all the health, you know, he's got the high K rates and good velocity and all that stuff. So it's really with him, it's kind of similar to Kluber. Um, I like Paxton definitely, and most of these. I mean, I don't think I have too much of these other guys. I kind of gone back and forth with Sale. I know you were going to mention him, so I'll just let you start with that. But
0: yeah, he's you know already on the sixty day DL. We won't see him till June at the earliest, and we haven't talked about him in a little while. I think you were a little more in on him earlier in the off season than you are now. So just where are you with him?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's that's accurate. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things that you know. Obviously, when Chris Sale's in there, when he's back, you're gonna feel good about using him. I mean, it's you're gonna use him every time he's he's in there, and it's just a matter of when. And um, you kind of just playing that guessing game, you know. I mean, in a league with an IL, you can probably draft him a little bit more aggressively yeah but in a draft and hold league for example or god forbid a league with no il and just a bench you know like an nfbc where you got seven bench and no il it's really tough i mean it's because you're gonna have to stash him for a while and a lot of times, you know, you have other things pop up, and you have to drop guys, and it just gets difficult. But league with an IL, I mean, I'd be a little more aggressive on a guy like that. Um, excited to see him come back. I bought bought him in a uh, in a dynasty last year, so mm-hmm. definitely uh, definitely invested a little bit there, and I think I got him in one redraft league, one draft and hold. But um, I just don't know what to expect, like innings wise. I mean, it's it's gonna be kind of tough and you just pray like somebody like that doesn't have a setback and then it's even longer you know but obviously when when Chris Sale's back I mean it's it should be good you know I I don't know if it'll be Chris Sale in capital letters but it should be good I remember
0: reading an interview or hearing about an interview with a somebody in that Red Sox organization talking about Chris Sale this year and it definitely didn't sound like hey he's doing great we're ready to get this guy back as soon as possible it was more like yeah we'll see him sometime this year and it just the way it sounded, made and it's March. We're probably all overreacting to a lot of this, but it, I'd feel a little better if it's like, hey, we're 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 aiming to get this guy back in early June, but it's more like we're going to get him back sometime this year. It's more what it sounds like that he was saying, and yeah, that's just that's not inspiring to me. And I do have a share. I've taken him in one draft and hold a couple months ago, and yeah, I'm hopeful, but. Whenever he gets back, it's exciting, and I do agree with the ads drop. Ad drops that definitely changes things. If you can stash a guy like that and fill that roster spot, great.
1: Yeah, I think I actually did take him in a second redraft. Now that I'm thinking, this last one I got him in round like 21. Oh, that's it's right. My like SP7. That's which a is big a lot fall. which is a lot later than this. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say it was like pick three 30- o nine or something something around there so yeah i felt comfortable with it there but um not gonna be really aggressive on a guy like sale unless like i said unless it's something where i can put him right to my il i'd be more interested in him here
0: I want to bring up Michael Kopech, and I also want to bring up Nate Pearson here. I figured we'd talk about them both. I didn't put Pearson in the notes, but, Andrew, I know last year he was your AL Rookie of the Year pick, and he came out, and he looked dynamite there, and I remember a start, and then it kind of unraveled. He had one terrible start. It started having, I think it was an elbow problems, flexor strain.
1: Flexor strain, yeah, yeah, I believe so.
0: Which is never a term you like to hear with young pitchers, and a lot of times that leads to Tommy John. And then we got Michael Kopek, who has not thrown a pitch in professional ball, I don't think, in two and a half years now. And it sounds like he's going to be a reliever um, to start the year. That's what the pitching coach is saying. Where are you at on both of these guys? Because both of them have immense upside. Ace upside is in there for them both. But for this year, where, where, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, in this in this spot I don't think I'm in. Um Kopech right here is round twenty. I drafted I I'm pretty certain that I set the max pick on NFBC. I was looking at it. It was like four hundred and five drafts this offseason and um I got him in round thirty. So 10 rounds after this. (laughs) And a lot of that is because he's just, he's trending down so much since the news that he's going to start in the pen, you know, and it was just going and going and going. And it got to the point. It was like, man, the talent is just drying up and he's still on the board. You know? And I was like, I'm just going to take him. It was like SP nine or something like that, you know, on my team, nine or 10, I want to say. So not even a starter Um, there. I'm, I'm interested still and I would be with any talent like that. I mean, it's, you just get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm doing it. But, um, here in like round 1920, I think it's okay with Pearson because you assume that he'll be in the rotation. I don't love it and I haven't taken him, but, um, I don't know with Pearson, I'm rooting for him. I like the Jays. I really want to see the Jays do well and I'm definitely rooting for him, but it's kind of one of those things. It was, it wasn't the debut I expected at all. I was expecting a lot better than that. So little disappointed there. Not that he can't be okay, but you add on the injury stuff and then you add on obviously the really high velocity. And he's always kind of been like that guy. You're just questioning, wondering when he's going to break and he's already broken in the past. Now he's here and you see a hint of it again. And, I don't know. I'm just not um, not one of those guys that I've been really targeting this year. But I, I, do, I am rooting for him. I, I'd love nothing more to see Pearson out there throwing gas lights out, stuff like that. But I just haven't really been in.
0: And he's got a groin strain right now. I didn't know that because I'm looking at roster resource, and right now he's a projected injured list pitcher which I didn't know. I thought he was at least going to start the year healthy, and maybe he was still he has time to get healthy and overtake the the big-name arms like Tanner Roark, Robbie Ray, and Steven Matz to get back into that rotation. Um, yeah. Um, so we'll just see on him. All right, anybody else on this list you want to touch on before we move on to the next group?
1: No, I think that's good. I hope I hope uh Erod comes back strong. I'd yeah. like to see that.
0: I really Ruin, like him and Smiley at this for spot. Him. Those are probably my favorites of this group. I like I'm int- intrigued in Kluber, but Erod I, I just I really am intrigued by him at this spot in terms of he's really dropped off. He's still been pretty good when healthy. It's just been a health thing for him. And yeah. Pineda, I feel like he's a guy who's always gonna have an ERA in the high threes, low fours, most likely low, low. uh, more like low to mid fours, but what I like about Pineda is I always feel like he's a good whip guy, and that's the overlooked stat, but because he he just doesn't walk many guys, I think he's a nice safe back-end rotation guy to have in there, especially in a deeper league where you're just trying to get good innings out of players. I think he's good. Yeah,
1: with most of these guys, I'm more targeting the ones that fall or yeah. You know, whatever. I mean, I, a lot of same here. And when I see that, I just kind of let like the last guy of the group or one of the you know last guys of the group to kind of drop to me. But specifically, I think Yarbrough and Paxton, probably my favorite.
0: All right. Next up, we're going to do the eight pitchers, 81 through 100. These guys are going between right around picks 300 and 370. And I don't really want to go through this whole list of reading them off, but I'm going to touch on a few of them and then see if there's anybody else you want to touch on Andrew Uh, Taiwan walkers in this group. And he had a decent run after missing pretty much two full seasons due to, I think it was a shoulder injury. Now he has a contract with the Mets after a nice return with last year. Um, How interested are you in
1: on him? Yeah, I've always liked Taiwan. I, I think it's fine spot. I think I've got him in on one or two teams. So, yeah, I mean, he's should be pretty solid and back back of the rotation guy for them. I'm somewhat interested. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I like him in this group. And another one I know you mentioned in our deep sleepers episode would be you, um, yeah, Kikuchi with the Mariners. I just blanked on his first name. You say Kikuchi?
1: yeah there we go always they're always tough to say but (laughs) i think you nailed it
0: uh for someone who had an adp outside the top 300 that's in that deep sleeper um for those that didn't hear that podcast why do you like him here
1: uh just improved his velocity made or upped his velocity last year a couple miles an hour i want to say on his fastball and just made some strides overall uh I mean, we kind of expected him to be pretty good when he came over and he wasn't the first year, but, um, yeah, I just feel like it's a good spot there are some people that like him though too. So it's not maybe quite the discount I was hoping, but I still think it's pretty good and, uh, you can get him as like your SP six or whatever. So, um, yeah, I definitely, he's probably my favorite guy from this entire group of, of 20. I want to say it's close. I, I like um, Scoubov a little bit too, but I feel like he. There's other people that are liking him, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of guys here, so a lot of names.
0: Yeah, um, with Kikuchi, you know, we mentioned this before in the off season, but. In 2019, when he came up and struggled, 5.46 ERA, xFIP of 5.18, only 6.46 strikeouts per nine. And with that added velocity, he had a strikeout in inning this last 47 innings of this last year. But he still had a 5.17 ERA. But that xFIP definitely showed better. He it shows that he was a little unlucky with a 3.78 xFIP. Um, let's do a him or him. Noah Syndergaard who probably won't be back till halfway through the year, or McKenzie Gore, who we're not really sure when he'll be up. Who would you rather have?
1: Man, that's a good one. You go first.
0: I'll go Cindergaard, but I don't feel great about it. Um, I don't know. I'm still spooked about why McKenzie Gore was not up late last year. I was fully expecting him to be up last year, and the fact that he wasn't. Well, actually, I take that back. I'm changing that. And I'm going to go Gore, and here's and here's why. I don't remember the last time a, p- a pitcher had Tommy John surgery in spring and came back the next year and was actually pitching at a high level when they returned. And Chris Sale's an ace, so I might be able to give, give him a little bit of a pass. And some people are sitting here thinking, yeah, Noah Syndergaard's an ace too, but Noah Syndergaard hasn't pitched at an ace level. Since I think 2017, 2016, something like that, and I don't know. Some I just I don't feel great that he's going to come back and all of a sudden be this really high level pitcher. Let's see, twenty seventeen he threw thirty. Th- he only threw thirty innings. So really, we're going back to twenty sixteen, where he threw um, eighty three innings. Uh, twenty
1: twenty eighteen, he was pretty dominant, though. I
0: mean, he was good. He was pretty good. I yeah, better than yeah. It's him credit. pretty
1: dominant. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. I yeah, guess.
1: I don't think I don't think he's quite Chris Sale, but I mean pretty good. I think it's close. I, I do think it's I'd, close. I'd, I'd probably I'd probably say Gore, but um I I think the true answer is the one that is gets more innings. I think Gore's gonna be really good when he pitches mm-hmm. too. I mean it's just it's probably the one that gets more innings and Gore's not hurt. At least that we know of, and Cindergaard is so. I'd probably guess Gore, but it's a guess.
0: Yeah, Gore. Unfortunately, Gore's what the. I guess he's the number six right now in there. But that the opportunity's there, whenever um Nelson Lamett has Tommy John surgery in three weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, like his. I think we're like his biggest haters. <laughs> I swear. Yes. Like...
0: Hi, Ben um sorry our good buddy ben who absolutely he likes lament and anyways um you're typically you've typically liked robbie ray when his value's down but it's been pretty disastrous for a couple of years now are you officially out yet or are you still holding hope and wanting to buy low just in case he pops again i'm out wow it's happened
1: yeah, I'm which done. which
0: means it's over. If Andrew McQuiston is willing to come on here and say I'm out on Robbie Ray, whenever his value's down here, it's time to stick the fork in.
1: Yeah, man, it I tell you, and it really has always been like one of my guys. Like he's just his peak season was so insane. I mean, he was an ace, you know. Yep. But yeah, it's just um, it's it was so ugly last year, and it's just it hasn't been that good for a while. So uh, will I be shocked if he has some useful starts where he gets some K's? No, but I'm not really that intrigued even here.
0: 2017, 15 and five record, 162 innings, 218 strikeouts. Man,
1: that was, I benefited so much from that. (laughs) Yes, you did. It's probably skewed my, uh, my view of him (laughs) his whole career, but it was one, it's one of those guys I've always been, like you said, I've kind of bought him when he's down, sold him when he was. After that 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 year, I sold him. After that, and it kind of all worked out. But now it's, uh, I think it's time to just let it go.
0: Last guy I want to touch on from this group is Devi Garcia uh, with the Yankees. A real electric arm, but he is tiny. I think he's something like five six, five eight in height. Uh, do you think he ever makes it as a starting pitcher that's useful in fantasy?
1: not long term no i think that he could have some moments where he's good but no i don't think he's a starter like an effective starter long term i'd be surprised
0: if you had him in a dynasty league would you be holding him hoping that he come up comes up and has a couple of those electric starts yes or would you rather yep. yeah you would do that instead of trying to move him now while before he's
1: debuted Well, he's debuted, but.
0: Oh, my gosh, you're right. I completely forgot that he pitched in the big (laughs) leagues last year.
1: Yeah, he's debuted, but. um, I traded him in RM three before he debuted. And um, I feel like his value is close to the same, maybe a little higher now. But, yeah, it's I think right now at this exact moment, I would hope that he got off to a hot start and then immediately goodbye.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, depending on how much people are buying it, you know? I mean, it's kind of hard to catch.
0: But too many still people, people like on him.
1: that. Yeah, I mean, he's young and it's it is one of those things that when guys like this have a hot run, even if it's for just a couple of weeks, their value does go up. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I could see Tristan that McKinsey. with him. I,
0: Tristan McKenzie might be a great example of what could happen to him.
1: Yeah, I could. I just um, I wouldn't be confident that long-term that David Garcia is going to work out, as a starter anyways. I think he'd be good in the bullpen. I agree.
0: All right, uh, pitchers 101 through 120. These guys are going between picks 300, 380 and 500, basically. Um, so we're now getting into – Basically, let's see, 380. We're, yeah, we're well into the reserve rounds at this point. In a standard redraft with ads and drops, is there anybody here that you'd like to grab in the reserve rounds just in case he pops?
1: Well, I mean, in a, with ads and drops, like if it's end game, which I guess 450 would be. Like a 30-round draft, and that would be kind of end game. So, a lot of these guys, I probably would just take this, you know, the young high-ceiling guy like Casey Mize or Puck or Spencer Howard. Some of those guys, um, Severino. If there's an IL, possibly stuff That's like that. That's the one I want to ask. Um, in a draft and hold, that was your next one. That was your next question. I'll just go right to yep. it. I've got all the Madison Bumgarner this year. And um, it's really just one of those things for me. Like he was really bad last year. I get it. I totally get it. The year before 2019, he was second in the NL in innings pitched. I think he's going to get innings pitched. Like regardless of what you think or how effective you think he'll be and all that stuff, I think he's going to throw a lot of innings. And he was really, really good that year. I mean, ERA under four, almost nine Ks or almost a K per inning and over 200 innings. I mean, it was just a really valuable pitcher. And while it fell apart last year, it was 41 innings, but he's got the long track record. I just feel like in this spot, and this is probably the most important thing of all, it doesn't matter. Like, if he doesn't – if he doesn't pan out or it doesn't work out, it doesn't – it's not going to hurt me. It isn't – you know, it's not going to do anything. And uh, I've been – yeah, I've just been taking him in every draft and hold. It's like I get to a point – it's like my SP8, give me Madison Baumgartner. Like, I know he's going to throw innings, and I feel like that there's upside from there. I mean, I I wouldn't be that surprised if he bounced back to previous levels. I mean, at least – somewhere close to that I don't feel really confident in it but it's also a spot where the risk just isn't there for me to not do it so I've been doing it I think I've got um I think four of my five draft champions I've I've taken him so I'm definitely in
0: I'm going to try to get him bum garner bed here and I'm going to let you pick which one I want to take Wainwright or Garrett Richards over him heads up you can take whichever one you want to you have whichever one you think's less likely.
1: I like Wainwright, so I'll take him against Garrett Richards. It's only fitting.
0: <laughs> I have to. It's only fitting he'll that throw, I get a Garrett Richards. He'll
1: throw triple the innings Garrett Richards does, probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a chance Garrett Richards will either have Tommy John surgery in May, or he'll or
1: he'll stay healthy.
0: I just feel like it's one of those two. Okay, Garrett Richards versus Bumgarner. There's a yep. there's a I'm completely in. irrelevant bet that we're gonna laugh about
1: whenever we read that this October.
0: <laughs> um, oh man,
1: did you see did you see his first start the other day? Did you see that when I posted the link? Oh
0: yeah, he I didn't see it, but he struck everybody out, didn't he?
1: Yeah, two innings. I think one hit, six Ks. I watched most of it. I think it was one hit. There you go. I mean, it's it's two innings, but yes. you know, it's just I mean, any 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 hint of something good from guys like that is progress from last year, you know? And like I said, I it's more to do with the risk involved in this spot. I just don't really see it. And I, I, I also think about innings. like innings is actually the big thing too, to me, especially in a draft and hold. And like I say, in a, in a, uh, standard league where you're kind of in those last few rounds, I don't know if I'm, I mean, I would still maybe take him, but uh, I might be a little more likely to take a higher ceiling guy, but I don't know. I I feel like his ceiling is maybe even underrated compared to some of those guys because he's already done it. So
0: I hope you're right, and I understand taking him in the spot. I'm more on the belief at this point. I'm more fearful that this is like a Felix Hernandez thing. Where yeah, it could be the stuff is just gone and it's just gonna keep getting oh, well, I guess it really can't get uglier than last year. It That's the
1: thing. It, yeah, it's
0: but I like if I set the over under over under at like five ERA,
1: I'd be tempted to take the over. I think I think really? it could be
0: I like I know I would take the over on a
1: four five. Yeah. But Yeah, it could like I said, it could happen mm-hmm. and I, I get like, I totally get all that. Yeah. I And it won't surprise me that much. I guess it's just one of those things where the spot in the draft it is, it's like almost pick 400. Yeah. I just don't really care that much, you know? I feel like a lot of the guys that you're going to draft here anyways are, aren't going to get the volume and also might not be good either. So – there's question marks all over the place with these. I mean, obviously here, you know, we're yeah pretty late. So who
0: throws more? Innings? I like
1: mm. I like Wainwright though too. I, I was going to mention him. Yeah, and I know you like him. Yep. I you can talk you can talk about Wainwright.
0: But before we get into that, I'll I want to ask who throws more innings this year, Puck or Severino? <laughs> Just keep throwing these at you, Puck. Puck. I agree. Yeah. I agree, fifty to forty-two. They, he throws more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I'll always, I'll probably always take the guy that's not currently hurt. Yes, yes, but yeah, I mean, we're we're guessing.
0: All right, now moving on to the Cardinals. There are three of these guys all going close together with Nicholas Wainwright and Carlos Martinez. I like Wainwright of the three. I guess you're saying the same. Yes. Yeah, I. Reliable. I think he and I I think he's kind of figuring out how to pitch with less velocity. He's not as good as he showed last year, but I think this is another one of those safe guys that can um, pitch it up you know, pitch fine. He may be a home roads like guy just to stream whenever he pitches at home. I don't remember what his splits were last year, but they were extreme the year before. I think he had an ERA over six in twenty nineteen on the road and an ERA at or under three at home so keep an eye on that watch that early in the year if you do draft him he may be a streamer guy um but while we're talking about cardinals he's not on this list because we've got him uh, he's eligible as a reliever but what do you think if like alex reyes went out there the other day and pitched really well carlos martinez getting lit up and i can't I just really can't help but wonder if Alex Reyes may slip in and get that fifth starter job. What are your thoughts on that?
1: You're closer to it than I am, but I mean that'd be that'd be interesting, definitely. I <clears throat> I haven't really given it much thought, to be honest. I I grabbed uh, I did grab Reyes in one of those leagues. I don't remember which one, but um, I kind of did it. I remember when I took him, thinking. I don't really know what he is, but I just want him now. It like round 29 or something. And um, I kind of thought maybe he'll start. Maybe he'll be a middle reliever. Maybe he'll close. But just kind of one of those things I was willing to take the hybrid guy and not, not really know because I kind of had the staff built around it or built around being able to take a guy like that. So, yeah, I, I haven't really thought about it. I, I've always – always been into it with Alex Reyes but every year it just gets a little bit harder you know it's it's kind of at the point now where the expectations aren't really anything no but at the same time like it never completely shocks me when these guys just all of a sudden boom they're uh they're what you always kind of hoped that they would be I could see it I mean it wouldn't surprise me I mean the first step is just getting into the rotation and who knows, you know? I mean, he could even wind up being the, their closer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, it's all over the board. I, I really don't know. But, um, man, I as much as I'm not a Cardinals guy, I, I'd like to see Alex Reyes be pitching well.
0: Yeah, I, I feel more as a Cardinal fan about this than I do as a fantasy player. I have one dynasty share where I'm just kind of sitting on him. But this is more as a fan. I just want to see it happen. I believe the upside, like... Of all these guys, I feel like he's the one that could just pop. And you look at him right now, and he's not that valuable in any league. And I could see him being a top hundred dynasty asset three months from now. I can I can close my eyes and see it.
1: Still, yeah, I don't know about that, but
0: <laughs> it can. Well, <laughs> Tristan McKenzie managed to find his way close to that
1: in top hundred. Top hundred is,
0: whew. yeah. I I think it's, it's pretty, there.
1: It's pretty hot it's,
0: it's hot. Maybe, maybe that's a, maybe a little aggressive, maybe top 150, but, but
1: there was a time where he was. Yep. It's definitely,
0: I still feel it's in there and he was, he had a, I think he's got more confidence.
1: I still remember this and I, I can't for the life of me find this poll, but I remember, (laughs) do you remember me mentioning this?
0: You told me about this a
1: month ago. Like two, I want to say it was about two years ago. I don't know exactly when it was, but it was right at the point where you thought their paths paths were going to cross. And I remember putting up a poll. Who would you rather have in a dynasty league? Alex Reyes or Clayton Kershaw? And I tell you, it was close and it was like debates. I want to say Alex Reyes might have even had more votes, but it – he maybe didn't, but he had votes. It wasn't like it was all one way or the other, you know. And uh, it was like, oh yeah, Kershaw's best years are in the rearview mirror, and Alex Reyes' best years are yet to come, and <laughs> just kind of teaches you the lesson: like it doesn't always go that route, you know. It just that's why you invest
0: in prospect pitchers in dynasty leagues, right there. Yeah, that's that's. The
1: that story and when i think back on it because they really were close i mean i don't ever put up polls unless i think it's worth putting up if it's a clear answer i mean and if if the poll ends up being a blowout it ends up being a blowout but if i put it up i generally think it's kind of close and i tell you that thinking back on that it's just it's just hilarious i mean it's just crazy
0: we got a couple of listener questions here. We got Britton Allen asking a question about Michael Lorenzen and he's penciled in as the number five starter for the Reds. According to fan graphs, the bat, which is a projection system expects this former first round pick to throw 124 innings. Is he a late round sleeper?
1: No, not really for me. I think it's one of those guys. I've got to see it first. Um, no, I'm not I'm not really looking at him.
0: I'd invest in the round. I haven't done it yet, but in a draft and hold, I I feel intrigued enough cuz I you know, 2 years ago he was pitching at a real high level in the bullpen. Um really throwing some good gas. And he didn't have a good year last year, but I I think I'd still hold a little hope that he could be one of those guys that could transition. But yeah, it's it's a long shot, that's for
1: sure. And I think for me it's one of those more I don't trust him to pile up innings and on top of that, when you go from being a reliever to being a starter, I feel like that that can affect your uh, how well you pitch too yep, I mean it just definitely. changes a lot of it changes a lot of things you know so there's just enough questions for me. I mean obviously, when you get to a certain point in the draft, There's no bad picks, you know, it's it's not like I'm sitting here after pick 400 thinking that's an awful pick. So, yeah, if you're interested, go for it. I mean, it's just probably not a guy I'm, I'm taking.
0: And speaking of long shot, long shots, John Dean asks if Cleveland can work their magic on Cal Quantrill.
1: I can see it. I mean, the thing, the thing with Quantrill is he just needs to get into the rotation. And right now, oh, they've got um, Logan Allen penciled in, at least on roster resource. So I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of rooting for it. I, I think it could happen. Like I, Cleveland does work their magic with guys. I mean, it just seems like every single guy that comes up and pitches for them, it's, like they're better than they were ever supposed to be. I mean, Aaron Savali's a really good example. He was never supposed to really be much of anything. And Please Sachs outperformed expectations and Bieber's outperformed expectations. And even going back to Kluber and Carrasco, I mean all of them. Like McKenzie last year. I mean, they they just all seem to do it. So if Quantrill gets in the rotation and can stay there, I mean, I I feel like he can be pretty good. I I uh I I like him like in this spot late, later in the draft, you know, mid to late stages of a draft and hold. I, he's one of the guys in this group that, um, that I'm interested in. And even if, you know, like a draft and hold, if, if you take him in this spot, you don't have to worry about, uh, sitting him on your bench, add, drop, add, drop, you know, he's just on your team. And I think when he's starting, you can use him. So.
0: Luis Patino, I know that's a prospect arm that you've liked um, in the past. Now he's in Tampa, where I think he's got a clearer path to pitching in the rotation right now than he did in San Diego, but Tampa loves messing with these pitchers, and they don't seem to get as many innings when, even if they crack the rotation. Where are you at on Patino? Yeah, I
1: don't, I don't feel like I like him – as much in Tampa. And I think it's mostly just because I don't trust him to be in the rotation consistently. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just don't really know what to think because Tampa plays all the games and, you know, moves guys around and openers and he's not even um, slotted in the rotation right now. So um, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to put a finger on it for me. I still think he's an electric arm with a lot of talent, but uh, just some more questions. I feel like than San Diego, it just felt like it was a lot more cut and dried, and he was going to be in the pen and then come up. You know, next the following year, like I would have expected him this year to be competing to be in the rotation. I mean, now with all the signings they have, he probably wouldn't be. But you know, minus that. But now it's like I just I don't really know what to think. I'm sure he'll get some starts, probably pitch some in the pen. We'll see. But I, I don't like him as much in Tampa as I did in San Diego. I agree.
0: All right, uh, moving on, we got pitchers going between 500 and 600. We've got about 30 pitchers here on this list. Um, Again, I'm not even going to highlight them. I'm just going to ask you, if would you draft anybody in, on this list, first off, in leagues with add and drops? even in the reserve rounds of a 15 team draft.
1: Hmm. Um, I don't think so. I I think the closest are probably Archer. Who's at the very top of this group and Logan Gilbert. But the problem with Logan Gilbert is he's, not likely to be up at the beginning of the year and then you've got to yeah. sit him on your bench and ride it you know maybe if you don't have any stashes like maybe it's one of those guys if you didn't have a stash and your pitching staff wasn't the strongest maybe you stash him there and just see if a few weeks he you know i, I think logan gilbert when he comes up is going to be really usable like i think he's going to be good owned in every league and all that stuff. But um, it may not be even the first half of the year. I mean, it's hard to say, but when it is, when his time does come, I think he'll be pretty good.
0: My one I'm going to mention is John Gray. I took him on a lot of leagues last year and it went horribly. His, his velocity was down almost two miles an hour and he ended up finishing the year on the injured list. Haven't really heard much at all this off season about him. I would take him in the reserve rounds and I would specifically going back to what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, I'd be looking for his mile per hour readings. And he's one of those guys early. I mean, I'd pick him up. I'd even let it get into the first start of the season and see where his velocity is. And if it's back to where it was two years ago, I'm going to feel like I might have a starting pitcher for starting pitcher five guy. And, but if it's two miles per hour down again, uh, he's one of my first cuts. I'll take a shot on him again.
1: Hopefully his, uh, first starts not in Colorado <laughs> <laughs> you know what is that such a big thing with that I did take him in a draft and hold I have him in in one of my draft and holds
0: he could go out there and give up eight runs in five innings but if I saw his velocity was what it was two years ago I'd be like all right that's just Colorado I I can I can ride him again I was uh, gonna
1: say what well, I want to mention one more and I know you were about to ask a question but Forrest Whitley man yeah like with this whole Framber Valdez injury, mm-hmm. oh man, I mean I don't know if they've made any I haven't read if they've made any plans or what they're talking about, but you know, whether you know, I was I was mentioning yesterday, but like if whether Framber's out I know they were saying the whole season and it was like wow a finger for the whole year. Um, but even if it's half half a season they're going to need somebody to step in. And I know it could be Luis Garcia, but man, it's, it, it almost kind of feels like it could be Forrest Whitley time. I mean, or at least there's, you know, there's an opening and when there's an opening, you never know. I, I, I like him a little bit too. I, I think that that would possibly be a guy I would take in like the last round of yes. a 30 round draft and just see what happens and then cut him the first fab run or the second fab run or whatever, if he's not in the rotation, but if he is, I mean, you know where that could go.
0: Yep. If he's finally got himself right and he's been a mess and I've heard Rich Wilson, who we've had on before, talk about how they've tried changing his mechanics and that's really been a mess with him. And, but if he's, if they, I don't know, go back to letting him do what he does before, if he's finally figured it out, yeah, there's, I mean, as high of upside as anybody out there. I mean, he was a, yeah. what was he was a top ten prospect on list at some point, wasn't he?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yep, like back into the top ten, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, uh, picks after the six hundred here is, um, you know, a whole bunch of names. I just I threw in the ones I found were, you know, recognizable names. Um, a lot of fallen former pitchers after pick six hundred. Matt Moore, who just returned stateside, and I actually got to watch part of a little. I, I watched the highlights of his most his first start here in spring training. Michael Fulmer, Arietta, Aaron Sanchez, Brett Anderson. Those were the fa- former decent pitchers I saw. If you could pop pick one of those that might pop and you know return some value this year, or a, another fallen veteran on this list, who would you pick?
1: uh those guys you listed probably Aaron Sanchez
0: I've heard some good but work.
1: I don't feel strongly about it
0: He's had a few like I don't remember if it was an interview or something I heard but sounding a little pos- positive about him like maybe he's found something again It'd be nice to see him do I mean I think it was 2017 was the year he had the big breakout so we're going or 2016 2017 Because I remember trading him for Carlos in a deal to get Carlos Martín, or no, Chris Bryant, years ago, in a trade. He had a lot of value at that time. He wasn't the main piece in it, but he was a big piece in it. Um, at the end of this list, I stopped listing every pitcher, like I said, but I threw in the prospect names: Um, George Kirby, Matt Libertor, Braxton Garrett, Simeon Woods, Richardson, Grayson Rodriguez. Nick Lodolo, Hunter Green, Jordan Bolazovic, Jackson Kowar. Uh, would you invest in any of those guys in the end of draft and holds just in case?
1: Yeah, I think I've taken Lodolo in three, um, like right at the, like the last round or two. So I've got him. Um, I really, really like Kirby, but I just, I feel like with Gilbert, already be, you know, like I think Gilbert beats Kirby. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be like tail end of the year if it is, if at all. Yeah. This year. Uh I like Kirby a lot, like long term dynasty leagues and stuff. I just don't know if this is the year. I think maybe twenty twenty two more so. I agree. Um and belozovich I like a little bit. I took him in the last five rounds of one or two of my drafts too. So Yeah, probably Lodolo and Belazovic, but I mean any of any of them can randomly get the call. That's the thing, is with, with these young guys. I mean, we can all I've said it a million times, but we can all sit here and pretend like we know this or that or which guy is gonna come up, but then it's like, boom, there's an injury, this guy's looking good and bam, he's up. And you didn't even see it coming really. So it's a little bit of a guessing game like it always is and you know you just kind of have to be at the ready when these guys come up but yeah very end of a draft and holds I, I mean if you have a good feeling about it I know Jackson Kowar is going in some spots too and KC will have openings so it's kind of one of those things you have to look at kind of all of that and just assess it for yourself what you're comfortable with how many of how many prospect pitchers you already have and Stuff like that. You just don't want to pile on too many because if none of them make it, then you're short on innings. You just got to be aware of all that. But
0: You mentioning that we never really know when these guys get called up and sometimes it happens earlier than we think it made me think of Jose Fernandez. It was eight years ago. He was called up to the big leagues on opening day and threw 172 innings. Lit, oh, you know, lit up the baseball world that year. And he had never pitched above high A before that year. And he went on to... Yeah pitch at such an amazing level and never looked back. Yep. All right. I got some closing questions here for you from uh, some listeners or members of baseball 365. Uh, John Dean asks if we believe in the pocket aces strategy going forward. And I'll answer that. The answer is definitely yes. For both of us right now. I think we've said, talked about that a lot this off season. maybe even a set of aces or high end twos um, for now. But it can always change from year to year. You know, that's our strategy right now is that I won't, I'm not going to say anything about next year until we get there. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to say anything about next year. I mean, we'll, things will change this year and things will happen that we don't see coming and you just don't know how many pitchers will feel like high-end pitchers at that point you know Mm -hmm. it could be more it could be less no idea um, as far as going forward but for this year yeah I mean I like grabbing pitchers at the top kind of like we've talked about Um, not necessarily you know when I think of pocket aces I think rounds one and two and I don't think you have to do that I mean I don't I'm not opposed to it like i I my TGFBI FBI draft. I took Bieber at pick nine, I believe it was. And, uh, Darvish in round two. And, um, I could have taken a hitter in round two or, you know, I could have taken a bat in round one, but I just, I knew I wanted to get at least one pitcher in the top couple of rounds. And then when it came back around Darvish was there, I just did it. But, uh, I don't feel like you have to necessarily do that. Like I like targeting Lynn and Glass or Lynn and um, Carrasco in like round four. Mm-hmm. And this this draft, I took I actually took Glass now in round four, so I took three in the top four rounds. I haven't been doing that a lot, but Lynn and Lynn and Carrasco were gone. Whatever you know. But as far as the strategy, just pitchers at the top. I like it. I don't necessarily feel like you have to do rounds one and two. And going forward, you know, next year you deal with next year. I mean, yep. it's it's kind of a year to year thing. I mean, next year I might be like, what the hell? All my pitchers got hurt. I'm never doing that again. You know, so who knows? But you say now. That
0: the last two years I've done this pocket aces strategy and I've been burned by it. And I swore I wasn't going to do it again this off season yeah. as we were during the season. And then the off season comes and I look at everything. I'm like, I got to get pocket aces again.
1: Yeah. I just really feel this year. And I know we've talked about it, but I just really feel like there gets to a point after about 20 to 25 pitchers where it, it drops off a good amount and throughout the, Those rounds of the draft, I just feel like you can go hitter, 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 hitter Mm -hmm. and build a really good offense without getting an Acuna or a Tatis or a Soto. I mean, like you can still build a really good offense and people may say you can build a really good pitching staff and take those guys. I mean, everybody has their thing, but I just feel like mine this year is get two to three really, really good starters that you feel really good about and then take a bunch of bats, four, five starters, six starter. you're going to be kind of mixing and matching those guys anyways and just lean on your aces. And then you've got all those middle rounds from like round five to 12 or 13 where you can just pound out hitters. And it's just the way I'm comfortable going this year.
0: I'm with you on that. Last question. Dennis Timko asked how much do the six man rotations affect affect pitchers for teams like Seattle and the angels? I know those are the two teams I've heard mentioned already that they're going to go, or they're going to, they're likely going to go with six man rotations. Are you bumping down those guys?
1: Yeah. You know, a little bit. I, there was one draft where I was, um, I was looking at Kikuchi and justice Sheffield actually in a, in a close range. And it, it crossed my mind. I, I, I don't know how much to really bump them down because you kind of have to uh, just subtract innings, I guess. You know, and are they going to do it for the whole year? I I doubt it. When when injuries pop up, are they going to continue to do it? I mean, those are unanswered questions. You know, we just don't know. But um, I think you can ding them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say how much because we just don't know how long that that'll take place for. I mean, are you, I guess if you want to use it as a tiebreaker, it's fine.
0: Yeah. But, and I think that's a good point. You know, a guy, if you, let's say everybody's healthy five man rotation all year, you're talking about 35 starts. You add a sixth guy in there, you're talking, what is it like 26, 27 starts, but that's if that goes like that the whole entire season. Right. So really, Let's say you go split the middle and you're talking about 30-31 starts. Is that really that much of a difference, 35-31? Well, the,
1: the other thing is I don't want to miss a breakout from a guy that I like just because I'm anticipating a team having a six-man rotation in August when yep. I don't even, you know. it's. So I would say if you have a strong feeling about a pitcher on one of those teams just to go with it. The only and, one, like, kind of ignore it, but at the same time, you know, if you're between two guys and it's like I can go either way on this, maybe you, maybe you avoid it in that situation.
0: The only one I'm avoiding is Otani going back because I think that they are going to make him start. I, th- I think they'll do the same thing they did last year and have him start one day of the week and one time a week. Never, never pitch twice in a week, and I think I don't think he'll be going deep into games. So I think that negatively affects him as a pitcher. Unless it's a daily league. And then, yeah, give me all the money.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, Andrew, we've done it. We are done with starting pitchers. We're getting close to being done. We've just got relievers, closers, and utility guys, which none of those are really going to take us too long. So we're almost done.
1: Yeah. uh, What are we, three, four weeks away? We
0: are four, like, Today's Friday, 27 yeah, days,
1: 4 weeks, 4 weeks from right now. Yep. Be base- regular season baseball. Yep. Um, Holy cow, we made it. Yeah, well, so- we didn't make it yet. <laughs> yeah, we're at, close to making it. At this
0: it. time last year we were saying we were 4 weeks away from opening day too. <laughs>
1: I tell you what, my first draft started on November 1st, October right? October 29th. And Four weeks away feels like I've made it, even though it's four weeks away. Mm -hmm. It's been a long, it's been a long time. And Andrew, you're getting the next
0: episode off. We're going to actually, I'm going to do something a little different. I have always wanted to talk about auction leagues on this. And I have an auction league that I run and we're just about get done with it right now. And two of the members of this auction are going to be joining us this joining me this next week and i'm going to talk auction with them and then you and i next weekend hopefully we'll get back to doing some position previews
1: yeah i'm looking forward to that i I think it's probably better because four guys is a little feel like that's a little too much yeah
0: and you're not in an auction league and have you ever played in a fantasy baseball auction league
1: yeah, but it's been it's been a few years. Yeah. I don't really do them now, so. So yeah, there's not I probably much. should I probably should. I know they're fun. I just Oh, they're the just best. Just have it for whatever reason.
0: They're the best. And I'll get we'll get into talking about why we love them so much. I'll I'll save the guest names until we get them on. They're guys who you've heard before, so they're you'll it'll be fun and if you've never played in an auction league and you think you don't want to listen you should still listen because it might we might talk you into playing in an auction league next year because again there i don't think there's anything better in fantasy baseball drafts than an auction so we'll be back in a few days for with that until then take care everybody yep take care guys